If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You just found the world's number one fitness, health, and entertainment podcast. This is Mind Pump, right? Today's episode, we talk about strength in specifics, the four types of strength you can train for and why they're all awesome and why they'll all help you produce the physique you're looking for. Now, this episode is brought to you by one of our sponsors, LMNT. They make an electrolyte powder that has the appropriate amount of sodium. So most of the other electrolyte powders on the market don't have enough sodium to give you the best performance, the best pumps, and the best recovery. LMNT does have the right amount of sodium, and it also is not artificially flavored. There's no calories. It's great stuff. Go check them out. Go to drinklmnt.com forward slash mind pump. And right now you'll get a free sample pack with any order. Also, we have a new sale. It's the December special. This one's a huge one. It's the at home holiday bundle. Check this out. These are programs you do at home. So you need minimal equipment or no equipment. Maps anywhere, map suspension, maps prime, and the no BS six pack formula. All of those, every single one combined together, $99.99. That's the price of one program normally. But for $99.99, you get Maps Anywhere, Maps Suspension, Maps Prime, and the No BS six-pack formula. Again, this is a December-only special, so make sure you act soon if you're interested. Head over to Maps, excuse me, head over to MapsDecember.com to get yourself set up. All right, here comes the show. Strength is the ultimate physical pursuit, but did you know there were different types of strength that you can train for? There's four in particular, maximal strength, explosive strength, strength endurance, and relative strength. Training from each one or for each one will make you better at all of them. In other words, if you want better overall strength, you got to train for all of those. You know, you sent this over to us the other night uh, as, a, as a single topic episode, and I really, I really like this because one of the most common questions I think that we get, and admittedly, sometimes I think we can come off a little bit dismissive, and I think it's because I think that how much work or effort it would take to explain is how do you guys program? Could you break down how you program? Uh, like it's like this oh, wow. general question and yeah, it's like- It's a loaded question. It is a loaded question because there's, for every program, for every phase, there's a, a, a lot of different parts that go into creating that, right? But to me, this gives a, a really good glimpse into how when we put together a phase, at, at the adaptation that we're trying to go after, uh, like the thought process. So yes. even something as general that you would think is strength, there are subcategories to that category. And when we're writing exercises or uh, you know choosing a phase in a program, that thought process goes into the exercises that we select, the rep ranges, the totally. rest periods, and what were the desired yeah, outcomes best in that direction of that type of strength. Totally. Right? Like, you know, a power lifter uh, and a bodybuilder both lift weights and they both are strong. But there's to anybody who's ever observed uh, each of them train or observed them in competition or whatever. There's obvious differences, right? Um, a shot putter, right? They train for strength sprinter. as well. A sprinter trains for strength, a gymnast. But there's obvious differences. Uh, strength can be very specific and there's a skill component. And the way that muscles contract can be uh, contract can be a bit different. Um, and you can train for each one. Now, what is this, you know, what are the applications for the average person? Well, unless you're a specific, because someone may be thinking, well, I'm not going to be a specific type of athlete, so I really don't care. Well, you should, because training for all of them is going to give you uh, just kind of this overall better strength for the real world and a much more balanced physique and more progress. Because when you understand this, you can get your body to consistently 
progress. You're going to hit less plateaus. You're going to have less injuries. You're going to be better, uh, just kind of overall and balanced. Um, and that translates into a better looking physique. So understanding this, I think, is really important. And each one needs to be trained a little differently uh, to give you the best. Well, wouldn't uh, you agree to that? Each one has carryover into real life. Too. Differently. Yeah, in yes. different ways. Like obviously the examples you're giving right now are the extreme examples of each of those categories. But if you're just an average gym goer who wants to be healthy and fit, pursuing each one of these adaptations is going to carry over and benefit you in in all different aspects totally. of your life. Yeah, you're gonna encounter a lot of those different um aspects of like movement and and stresses and, and challenges throughout your day, whether you need to move really fast, you need to um, you know, grind your way through picking something up that's heavy. Um, you know, you're, you're going to need to endure something for a, a substantial amount of time and be able to have that uh, access to that. And so to train on all those different levels is very important for well, you to incorporate. Right away, I think of stories, Sal, you talked about um, scaling up your stairs to save your kid one time. Yeah. You talk yeah. about uh, mixing cement all day for eight to 10 hour days, like, yeah. or you deadlifting, you know, 600 pounds. Like each one of those are different types of strength totally. that, that I think that you can, you can train specifically for in your, in your daily routine. Yeah. And, and training for all of them for the average person results in a, in a better looking body and a better performing body over time. Cause if you, if you plan on doing this for a long period of time, like if you stay in one aspect of training or one aspect of strength for too long, then what ends up happening is you the, the positives start to diminish and the negatives start to, to amplify. So the risks start to get worse and you get these kind of diminishing returns versus training in each one of these you know phases, if you will, maximizing the benefits, minimizing the risk, and the result is just like a better looking body. So for the average person who's like, well, I don't care about competing in any anything that you guys are talking about. It doesn't matter. It's going to give you a better looking body, a better moving body. Yeah. So it's important to understand. The, the first type of strength that I think we should talk about is the one that I would consider the foundational strength, the one that translates the most to all the other types of strength. And it's the one that I think most people think about mm -hmm. when we say strong. Okay. And that's maximal strength. So what is maximal strength? That's your one rep max. Right? It's like, how much can you squat? How much can you bench press? How much can you deadlift? It's this kind of slow, low uh, gear grinding type of strength uh, that we would all think of uh, if we saw someone lift something really heavy. We'd say, wow, that person is really strong. Now, in your opinion, does, th does this carry over the most to all the other pursuits? It, do it does because you build maximal strength. Yeah. You get a lot of the other stuff. Now, all of the types of strength that we're going to talk about carry over to, to each other one. But when you're talking about like if I'm training like a young athlete, um, and this is more true for young athletes when you have to kind of train generally before you get more specific. Maximal strength, this low grinding strength, tends to help with all the other ones. Well, a and I more. think too, focusing on this really stretches your capacity to generate force, which then yeah. uh, you have access to. Now, in other directions, uh, in other pursuits for endurance, for explosive movements, like. Uh, otherwise, it, you know, not focusing on that, uh, you're not going to be able to generate that loud of a signal. You're not going to be able to, to produce, um, you know, that that substantial amount of force uh, to, to apply towards strength. So to that point, is your guys' thought or theory that what's going on here and these different, these four different ways of training for strength is actually less about your muscles and more about your central nervous system? Oh, totally. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. 100%. It's it, the muscles themselves really just build. 
right? Your muscle fibers grow. Grow or shrink, right? Grow or shrink. Now you can get down to the, to, you know, the details and the weeds and, oh, there's type 1A, type 1B muscle fibers, type 2A, type 2B, and some contract harder, some have more stamina, more endurance. And yes, muscles, muscles can, can kind of mold themselves to what you're doing, but it's largely due to the central nervous system and how it fires muscles, how it controls muscles, um, the way it uses the muscles in unison right. uh, to work together. Like this is all CNS. So that's why we say strength is a skill because yeah. uh, that's the skill aspect, right? It's the, the CNS is like the master programmer mm -hmm. writing the, the, the program and the muscles are kind of following the directions. Yeah, and can you get all these muscles to be organized efficiently and quickly to, to produce uh, you know, uh, more strength in that direction? And that's all part of that process is you know, how, how effective we are at, at being able to have access to all these muscles at once. Yeah, now maximal strength, um, that would be in the real world, like lifting something heavy. You got to lift a heavy couch. Uh, you got to, you know, you know, move a motorcycle or just anytime you have to lift something really, really heavy, mm -hmm. a heavy, you know, a suitcase above your head, like that's maximal strength. It's slow. It's grinding. It's the it's the, the kind of strength that looks like you're you're grinding through and, and having to really exert yourself in, in kind of a slow fashion. Yeah, and because it's also it's it's that isometric component of being able to stabilize uh joints, spine uh and being able to uh maintain that kind of muscle tension while also doing work with your major muscles. And so it's 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 really like it's considering all of that at once. Yeah, and this is this is low rep training. It's heavy training. Uh it's controlled form. Um and what you're doing is you're practicing these kind of gross motor movements uh, often. So it's like, uh, you know, instead of doing like a leg workout where I'm doing 10 different exercises, I'm doing 10 sets of squats and I'm doing two or three reps of the squat. And I'm not maxing out, but it's at a high intensity, maybe 90%. And long rest periods. Long rest periods. I'm trying to build this low gear of strength. The best example of athletes um, in this category would be a powerlifter. Yeah. Powerlifters are all about maximal strength. I mean, you watch them train and it's like they have this first gear that's got crazy amount, you know, just like a- it, All it just, torque. It's all torque, right? Yeah. It's like a, if it was a car, it'd be a tractor. Mm -hmm. Like a tractor doesn't go very fast. It's not going to take turns and corners very quickly. It's going to move the most weight though. But you're going to attach that tractor to, you know, 10,000 pounds and it's going to just keep trucking along and be able to pull, you know, crazy amounts of weight. But it's that low rep- Heavy. This is like the phase one that you'll find in a lot of our programs. Maps Anabolic Phase One really does focus a lot on on maximal strength. To give an example of, you know, for people who follow our programs, kind of what this looks like. This, by the way, is my favorite kind of training. Yeah. Just because I think as a kid, I always connected strength with this. Like, how much weight can I lift? So I just, I this is one that I I I think I enjoy the most. Well, you just you just shed a little bit of light on why that's typically what a phase one looks like in our program too, is that you just said that it's- Build got, that base. Yeah, yeah, this is probably the, the the most, the best way to build foundational strength that has the most carryover into all other pursuits. Because we get asked that a lot. You know, why why this rep range? Yeah. In fact, it's popular. A lot of people like to start, start in a higher mm -hmm. rep range and we don't do that. And so this is part of the reasoning behind why. Now that doesn't mean we don't have some programs where we disrupt that. Right. Yes. But when you talk about our foundational program and the first phase of most of those programs starts in a in a maximal strength type yeah. of uh, phase. Now, someone may be wondering what, what kind of uh, look does this produce in the body? This is going to be speculative. So there's no data to support what I'm about to say, but there's lots of anecdote. And in my experience, training for maximal strength produces a really solid 
hard-looking body. Um, bodybuilders would say, uh, you know, it produces a granite look mm -hmm. to your physique. I have found this to be true. When I train like this, often, I just feel hard and solid in comparison to other types of training uh, that might make my muscles look more round and full or, you know, might make me move differently. Now, I tend to move more stiffly when I train this way because I think my body's kind of turned on to lift something heavy. So I probably move more robotically when I'm in this phase yeah. for too long, but it does produce this really hard granite look. Well, and I think too, if you're comparing it to a more hypertrophy style, like you just know that there's more blood, more, more um, fluid to be considered with that type of a training, which then, you know, produces that type of a look where, where there's that kind of layer, yeah. you know, over that. So it does sort of like physically, you can see the difference of it. I totally. guess. Now the next one is explosive strength. And this one is probably the most responsible for athletic performance. I don't know if you guys would agree yeah. that explosive, mm -hmm. the ability to generate, uh, well, again, though, quickly. to your point though, still, even when training an athlete, the foundation is still yes. building the maximal strength first, you yeah. know, to Justin's point earlier about the central nervous system and teaching the muscles to fire. That way, when you go do explosive training, you're getting the most out of that explosive yes. training. Yep. Yes. This is how fast and how hard your muscles can contract. So we talked about maximal strength earlier. That would be lifting a heavy weight, like my max, and it would typically be slow moving. Like I go pull 600 pounds off the ground. I'm not moving it very quickly. Explosive strength would be like me taking 100 pounds and deadlifting it so fast, I throw it in the air, you know, 50 feet. Like, wow, how did you generate such crazy power in such a short period of time? This is like a, a sprinter or an Olympic lifter. Mm -hmm. Like the amount of force that they can generate in a short period of time is insane. This makes you agile. Like mm -hmm. this is like you see someone jump super high. This is their muscles ability to contract so hard so quickly that it launches them uh, into the air. Yeah, and inevitably a lot of it, you're going to see triple extension because of the fact that you're you're so explosively moving through it that your your whole body just like gets involved. Yes, with, you know from head to toe, uh, just because of uh, you know the momentum of it. And uh, really, it's about it's it's efficiency. So you know you're going to produce a ton of force, but it's going to be at the right moments, and then your body's got to move into it and catch, and you know talking specifically to like Olympic lifts or, you know, sprinting or, you know, it's it, a lot of technique with it uh, once you get to that level. But really it's about, you know, being very intentional and direct at what point do you throttle down the hardest? Would you guys also categorize this as uh, like reactive strength? Yeah. You know, so explosive or reactive strength. Yeah, that's what your, they would call in the certifications, too. Right, the yeah. ability for your body to respond, right? You call upon it to go left or right, and it can yeah. respond Boom. quickly or jump as high as you can. It responds reactive. I, I will never, I just remember yeah. this. I'll never forget. I, I, I have never really worked out a lot with Olympic lifters, and they're just not common to find in gyms. But I remember one time there was an Olympic lifter that came to work out at one of the gyms that I managed. And then I watched him play basketball. And he was not a basketball player. It was like recreational, just having fun. This dude could jump like I'd never seen before. And I remember one of my trainers told me, he says, Olympic lifters usually have crazy ability to jump high and move quickly because that's how they train. Yep. They're so explosive. And I'm like, oh, that's so true. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. I'll never forget that. It was like this, this kind of like small muscular dude. And I saw him jump and I was like, oh my God, he's like a... It's like a flea. Yeah, the weight's uh, slowing him down. Yeah. Now I mean, I, I wish I understood all of this uh, when I was a kid in high school playing basketball because I didn't get any of this. I've yeah. told you before that I, when I was older, heavier, 
um, and was not playing as much basketball was when I was able to dunk the basketball after I started There's to more build power. Yeah. I never trained heavy squats before until I got into my twenties when I started to do things like that, not even playing basketball that much anymore. I was able to go grab the basketball and two hand, throw the ball, throw the ball down. It was like, Oh my God, I had been doing all these calf raises and exercises inside the gym all through high school playing basketball. It wasn't until way later when I wasn't even playing ball anymore that I got the most explosive. And that wasn't even me doing it in this order where we're talking about building maximal strength first and then going over and doing explosive or reactive type training to express that new strength. I had. I just simply built some more strength to you guys' point earlier about over. how that carries over yeah. into sports so much. And all of a sudden now I can throw the ball down. I mean, it was a dramatic difference yeah. just from learning how to heavy squat. It's like when mm -hmm. you guys told me that the story about the uh, 49er players who you guys played basketball with yeah. and yeah. they weren't even basketball players, but they're just so explosive that yeah. the way they moved was just carried now, this has got to be the most – I would love your guys' opinion on this. I think this is probably the most misunderstand, misunderstood um, way of training. Like when people think they're training for explosive strength – Many times it creeps into endurance. It's always endurance. Yeah. I almost never see anybody train explosive strength the right way. Yeah. So how you train is how your body is going to express itself. So what do I mean by that is let's say you want to train explosively for jumping. Jumping up and down as many times as you can until you're super tired – is not going to do it. No. Jumping a few times as hard and as fast as you can is training the explosivity. So when you see people do plyos in the gym, 99% of the time, it's just a way to get tired. Nobody's really training uh, for power. Well, you're either training good habits or bad habits. And especially in that direction, um, it uh, explosive training is not good to incorporate any kind of fatigue. Yes. That's that's completely going to defeat uh, the effectiveness of what you're trying to do with that. And so your 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 job is to really just focus on like how uh, effectively I can pull this off when my body is fully recovered. Mechanics. Yeah, yep. and I'm only going to be able to generate that maximal amount of force if you know there's no fatigue in the way. Yeah, you know I I blame us for this. I mean, I, I really think that trainers are the one that fucks this up. Totally. Yeah. I mean, we found a we way. We to make things hard. Yeah, we found a way to make things hard for clients, make them sweat, challenge them. Oh, let's throw plyometrics. So it's like part of a circuit. Yeah, so mm -hmm. let's throw plyometrics in there, and this is going to really get them sweating and burning and struggling. And if we are the, the thought leaders, the ones that are coaching and teaching others how to exercise, I really blame us for the ones that that did this. And it, it's, it's still prevalent today. If you go in a gym, I don't know how. It's rare I actually see somebody training explosive strength correctly yes it's mm -hmm. rare it's ra and i when you do i always think it's like a really high level athlete i can tell by like the way they're like okay they've either been taught or they have the training to know how to train this way because normally when i see someone doing it they're doing it in a circuit style and the, the other mistake people make is they use too heavy of a weight you have to be able to move the weight fast mm -hmm. in order for it to be explosive uh in this sense now that doesn't mean when you're training for maximal strength you don't try to explode but in order to train for explosive strength, like if my max is uh, 300 pounds in the bench press and I want to train explosive in that in that range of motion, then I'll put 150 pounds on the bar or 100 pounds. Yeah, say and the goal is to take the bar and throw it off my chest. That's explosive. I think, yeah, I think um, people get confused because they'll watch um, Olympic lifters and they have a substantial amount of weight um, that they're moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the way that they got 
to get there, it was like barely any weight possible. Yeah. And they were able to move really uh, quickly and, and um, you know, get into that uh, uh, position uh, at, at the most effective technique possible. But then it was a gradual process of now adding load, adding load, and still being able to have that kind of speed. I it think that was one fast. of the most fascinating things that I ever learned as a trainer because I wasn't around a lot of Olympic lifters. And so I didn't get introduced into that world until much later. Same. And I, I remember being so fascinated by, wow, these dudes rarely ever lift heavy weight. Mm -hmm. Yet when they get on stage and they go compete, they're lifting the most weight that mm -hmm. we ever see people lift. But leading up to that, they're rarely ever flirting with that 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 maximal strength le level they're always moving at a much lower lower percentage of what they can lift. even when you see them do heavy squats because olympic lifters will sometimes do just straight up back squats really heavy you ever seen them do heavy squats yeah. they go down and up they don't look like a power lifter where yeah. that's grinding through a heavy weight and it's because they're training that strength speed that explosive uh, power it's like a sprinter right like a sprinter is not going to be able to squat as much as his counterpart that weighs the same that competes in powerlifting, but he's going to run way faster. Well, such great example. We have two mm -hmm. good friends that I think of right away. It's like, go look at Jordan Shallow's squat and then go look at Sonny Webster's uh, squat. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. There you go. You know, you have an, you have an Olympic lifter there then you have a, a power lifter right there. Yeah. And they're like dramatically different yeah. when you see them. And yeah. not, by the way, both are right. Both. Yeah. Yeah. And like, but both are training very tier. for a, a specific type of strength. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. this would be like, if it was a car, it'd be like a drag car. You know, like you, you, it's at the line, light turns green and it's go and a quarter mile and boom, you hit, you know, seven seconds or something crazy like that. It's be able to just generate so much force in such a, a short period of time. Another example would be like a heavy deadlift versus taking a 20 pound medicine ball, putting it in a deadlift position and then throwing it as far as you can. Yeah. Like that's the way that you train for explosivity. So you gave the kind of lifting protocol for maximal strength. What is kind of the lifting protocol look as far as sets, reps and rest periods? Lightweight for a few reps explosively, not to fatigue. In other words, take a weight that, you know, take 50% of your max or less, probably less, lift it as fast as you can and do that and then rest for 30 seconds and then do it again, rest for 30 seconds, do it again, rest for, th and then rest for like three minutes, four minutes, and then repeat. The goal is to lift as quickly as you possible, as possible with that lift. Now I do want to say with explosive strength training, if you can't do something slow perfectly, then don't even try to do it fast. This yeah. is where injury comes in. Like if your squat isn't perfect and then you're going to try and do a squat jump, like you're going to hurt yourself. Any imperfection, it exaggerates. Totally yeah. exaggerates. So explosive strength is something that you train with perfect technique and form because you're trying to exert yourself. In fact, what I tell people is do your first couple sets at 50% maximal speed, 70% maximal speed. You still feel good and comfortable then go ahead and well, try to do the Well, technically, if we were actually, if we, we didn't order this, otherwise no. this would have been the last one. Yes. Mm -hmm. So technically, if we were, if we ordered this episode in the order of how we would train someone. The first one was correct. We would have done maximal strength, yes. mm -hmm. but we would not have done explosive or reactive strength second. It would be the pentacle. The end, yeah. yeah. It's after you've gone through the other types yes, of strength. Yes. All right. So this next one is strength endurance. So what is that? That is, can your body, now we're not talking about endurance, endurance, right? Regular endurance is like, like running like over and over and over again, right? That's not what we're talking about. Strength endurance is, can I exert strength and then can I do it again? And then mm -hmm. can I do it again, right? It would be like a sprinter who's running a fast sprint and then he rests for four minutes and then he does it again and he does this 20 times in a row. And each time, minimal uh, loss in performance, right? This is like a football player. If you ever watch football players, football players have a tremendous amount of maximal strength, explosive strength, 
but they actually have damn good strength yeah. endurance because it's play after play after yeah. play. Each play is explosive. Each play requires a ridiculous amount of strength. And then the play is over. Then they go back, get to their line or their huddle or whatever, get back and then yeah. do it again. And they have to be able to do this throughout the whole game. How long can you continuously yes. exert yourself at that level? Yes. And, and there's a way to train for that. And so, you know, and that, I guess you could also kind of relate it to, to work capacity. So it's, it's the ability to, um, you know, produce that kind of work uh, for, for an elongated period of time. So, I mean, there's, there's ways I'll do this, um, you know, in terms of like just farmer carries and, yeah. and you know moving with weight so i'm still uh really um working through the strength aspect of holding the weights pressing the weights but i'm also moving with it and i'm trying to stabilize it sustain it uh and so there's just all of that's incorporated with how can i produce this kind of of work demand as long as i possibly so can. this one seems a little more nuanced to me as far as the programming so give me an example like we just talked about the last one of what you just said with the yeah. you know thirty second rest, go again for three reps. The, like, what would the uh, the the lifting protocol be? Or uh, give me an exercise and give me what the honestly protocol this the easiest way because uh, there's lots of different ways to program this. But honestly, this would be traditional high volume bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. Traditional high volume bodybuilding is a lot of strength endurance. You take a power lifter, so like you have a superset, 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 high, high repetition, high reps, forty five second rest, right in between sets. Like you take a bodybuilder and you have him train with a power lifter. And in the beginning of the workout, the power lifter will outlift the bodybuilder. Towards the end of the workout, the bodybuilder is lifting more than the power lifter because they can go set after set after set, 20 sets for legs, 20 sets for back. So then would you would you actually yeah. categorize this as almost like a subcategory of hypertrophy? So there's hypertrophy, it would be like would it be a general type of training. And then within that, you have strength endurance in that and yeah. then st standard. You're a great, that's a, that's a great question mm -hmm. because all the ones that we're talking about contribute to hypertrophy. Right. Explosive training contributes to hypertrophy. Maximal strength contributes to hypertrophy. So does strength endurance. In fact, all the ones we're going to talk about build muscle. That's right. why it's important to, to train all of them. But this is good, like real world, uh, like workload or work capacity. Yeah. Like, can I, can I go uh, dig ditches uh, or build a fence or do some roofing or go do yard work? And I could still swing the hammer as hard, uh, you know, four hours later as I did when I first started. So this looks like in one of our programs would be like phase three of MAPS Aesthetic. Yes. Mm -hmm. Or yeah. MAPS Anabolic, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Or the work sessions in, in, in Strong. Yeah, or work sessions, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so it's high volume. It's supersets. It's, it's lighter weight. A good example of this for athletes would be like a running back, a bodybuilder, CrossFit athlete. You're looking at, you know, lots of strength endurance. Just the ability to continue to generate strength over and over again. I guess as a car, this would be like a rally car, right? You know, how they they, they have to have speed, but also continue to travel through the whole I would track. also consider this, of the, the three we've talked about so far, one of the more safer ones to train. Yeah. Which is, by the way, why sometimes you might see somebody program this on the front. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because of the safety reasons, you may not, let's say- A bit say less I, load uh, demand because you know of all the the sets and, and the, the amount of work right. you have to do. Mm -hmm. Even though I know I'm going to get more bang for my buck by going maximal strength for the average person, let's say I've got a 70-year-old lady who's never lifted weights before, I may lean towards training like this initially just for form and technique and safety. Yeah. safety. Even though I know that I'm getting her to do a, a five-by-five- routine or something like that would give me the most bang for my buck or carry but because now I'm starting to consider, oh, safety, oh, maybe I might go this route. Yeah, first. by the way, this is all relative, right? So mm -hmm. how you would train the seven-year-old for strength endurance is not going to be like how you would train. Like it's all relative. 
That's to right. your current fitness level. That's just right. like maximal strength, just like explosive strength. By the way, with explosive strength, I, I forgot to mention, in the real world, it's valuable to have some explosive strength because if you step off of a curb or need to catch something that's falling or your kid is going to go down the know, stairs, go down the stairs. You gotta, like <laughs> this is, this is, this is your ability to move quickly uh, with strength. So, but yeah, with what you're saying here, Adam, um, it is a very safe because it's set after set after set, perfect form, good technique well, and stability. And to your point about, uh, you know, beginners, and this might be something that to consider too, it's like it, in order to sustain certain positions um, and, you know, have good technique in those and not have fatigue be a factor that sneaks in and interrupts that, uh, this would definitely uh, directly address that. Yeah. Like, so you would you would be working on the ability to have the stamina uh, to have good form for a longer amount of time. Yeah. This so. kind of training gives you a really good pump. You know, this is the traditional high volume, high rep uh, supersets. Like you get crazy, crazy pumps. Bodybuilders would say it gives you that kind of round, full look to your muscles. Adam, you probably trained like this most consistently out of all of us because you did compete. Absolutely. And when you train, I love the story when you talk about when you first worked out with Justin because he was such an athlete, mm -hmm. didn't train like a bodybuilder. Mm -hmm. What those workouts look like in the beginning versus the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. No, he would always he would always be kicking my ass at the front half of the workout, and then I'd catch up and get him towards the back half because <laughs> yeah. he did. He Bury had, me in the back. Yeah, yeah, he definitely would have. A, <laughs> <laughs> not We're how I'd edit say that it, out. But <laughs> <laughs> not how I would say it, but uh, yes, you're right. So that just wearing. came out really easy. Yeah. <laughs> Freudian slip Yikes. there. So, uh, yeah, no. It's uh, it was it's it was a great example of you have two two types of uh, you know training modalities that each of us are attracted to Justin very much so he like, was maximal explosive yeah yep. yeah yeah and I was more the hypertrophy and endurance right so that's definitely the direction that I train and then you would see that expressed when we get into the the, the gym and work out and both had tremendous carryover for us to train that way because I needed more of what he had he probably needed a little bit more of what I had and so that's what I love about yeah. this is that you, if you stick with one for a long time and then you move into a new one boom gains yeah Boom, your body responds and you get, you know, uh, better results. All right, the last one is relative strength. And really, this is just about how strong are you for your size, right? Like uh, how strong you are relative to your body weight. I've trained, I'll, I'll never forget the first time this was became super apparent to me. I trained, I'll never forget. I trained her for a very short period of time, but it was phenomenal. She was this young female gymnast. So she, she probably weighed, she must, she had to be under 90 pounds. She was tiny. She was like 14 years old. This was when I was 18. Her, I trained her dad. Her dad said, Hey, I'd like you to train my daughter. And this little kid, she was this petite little, she was like kind of built, looked like a little gymnast. And she did pull-ups. I said, Hey, can you do pull-ups? You know, stupidly. I'm asking a gymnast if she could do pull-ups. She's like, yeah, I can do pull-ups. I said, Oh, can, let me watch your form. And she grabbed the bar, put her legs out straight in front of her. And she does, this is like the speed of pull-ups that she was doing while she had a straight face. And I remember like, oh my God. Like I'm, I'm definitely stronger than her maximally, but relative to body weight, she'd kick my ass all over the place yeah, yeah. because her relative strength was incredible. Um, and this really is what allows you to move your body through space. Like if you're, if you have the strength of a 200 pound power lifter, but you weigh a hundred pounds, how do you think you're going to move in the real world? Like, you, how are you going to how are you going to manipulate your body 
uh, over objects or climb things. It's going to feel like nothing. I think of Mike yeah. Salemi right away when oh, I think yeah. of like mm-hmm. our, our friends example. that are, are good representations of the, the, the avatar who represents this. Like yeah. you just very unassuming. You would never guess that guy is as strong as he is. He has yeah. an incredible relative. These are g- gymnasts are my favorite example. So are wrestlers because wrestlers often have to wrestle in a weight class. Yeah. So they're just really good at maximizing their strength for their body weight because they don't want to go up to another weight class. Yeah. And I, I mean, I kind of would put in rock climbing just because I've yeah. seen some insane uh, strength to weight ratio and all the way directed to their fingertips, mm-hmm. you know? So it's just also like directional strength, I think, and in, in being able to, um, you know, access certain parts of their body, I think a lot of people don't really have strength in. Yeah, you ever seen those calisthenic, like what do they call them, barmen? Where mm-hmm. there's certain prisons in California that eliminated weights, but they allowed like pull-up bars. They'll just keep pull-up bars. So these inmates just learned how to do crazy stuff on pull-up bars and they'd call them barmen yeah. and they would manipulate their bodies with these on these bars in ways that were just insane doing pull-ups almost like a straight arm pull-up with their whole body. It's just crazy. Is there, isn't there a popular group in New York? Calisthenic Kings, I think, is one. I don't know. That's him. I think it's bar something. I think okay. Look it up, Doug. I'm pretty sure there's like a really popular group in New York. That and I don't know if it, it it originated in prison or not. I do know that it's popular yeah. there also. But I know these guys made it really popular, and they have there's there's a name to them. I used to I went down the rabbit hole. Yeah, you can videos. Google calisthenic yeah. barmen. Doug, they'll do like the human flags. Yeah, all kind, they do all crazy, crazy, stuff. Easy, yeah. crazy stuff where they explosively pull up and spin in the air. Yeah. And, Catch some. I mean, you got, and the dudes are jacked, and that's all they do is just all bar yes, exercises. Yes, so yep. now so the cool. way you train for something like this is you do because a lot of this is skill. Also, for example, yep. Um, you know, I weigh about two hundred and ten pounds. I could overhead press two twenty five, but I probably couldn't do a handstand push up because I don't have the balance or the skill. So a lot of this has to do with also your ability to move your body. So the way you train for this is using your body. So instead of doing you know, bench press, you do push-ups and variations of push-ups. Instead of doing shoulder presses, you do handstand uh, push-ups. Instead of doing pull-downs, you do pull-ups, for example. Uh, it's the skill acquisition. Lots of balance and stability exercises. And then there's one other component, which is keeping your body weight low. The the goal, the, yeah. if you want really good relative strength, it makes sense to not let yourself get too heavy. Or so too what? Is, so break down this protocol for me. So what does the protocol look like? Give me an, a, an exercise and then the reps and rest periods. What does it look like in the technique? You are doing, uh, you're picking body weight exercises. You're not trained to failure. You're doing a lot of sets and you're practicing your form and technique. So it's like doing pull-ups to get my lats pumped versus doing pull-ups for 30 minutes to feel like I get really good at pull-ups. You know, it's like practicing lifts uh, or training uh, exercises. So, would over you say again. like uh, like German volume training would be an example Something of that, like but that. with body weight? Yeah. So, like if yeah. I were to do like you know ten sets of ten on pull ups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you could do like let's say fifteen or twenty reps. Yeah. But you're just doing over and over and over again. You're practicing. And then rest periods, uh, relatively short or. Would I still give myself rest periods of like three minutes? You're long, 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 because so you're yeah, you're still trying to build strength, right? Yeah, you're okay. still try, still trying to build uh, lots of strength. Um, this would be kind of like a Formula One car. It would be my example of you know what kind of car this would be like, where it's just light uh, and very very maneuverable. Mm-hmm. In my, I mean, look, I, I think all of these are impressive, but the one that tends to blow my mind the most is this one right here. Mm-hmm. Maybe because it's the one that you see the least of in the real world, but you ever see someone who's small? Yeah. Who could just do crazy? It looks like circus body. strength. Yes, you know, it's yes. like it's it, yeah, it looks unbelievable because um, yeah, because they could just do these 
sort of anti-gravitational moves that you're just like baffled by. Yeah, but it's really just manipulating their body weight. In fact, Justin, you probably have the most experience with this because you did a whole year of just body weight ring training. Yeah. So I was going to kind of add to that. And it, you can progressively overload, but you, you just want to do that through angles and gravitational forces and, and manipulate that with like uh, – like suspension trainers and, and progress your way up to like Olympic rings, things that'll challenge the, um, the stability and, um, you know, intensify, uh, the, the angles a lot more. Um, and, and you, you kind of find yourself into these new moves. So like an, an example of that is like taking your, your, um, your body weight dips and then, um, being able to then kind of turn that into a muscle up. Uh, and mm -hmm. so the whole process of getting there, it takes a lot of emphasis on the, the very low part of, of the dip and really getting strong, uh, you know, at that lowest position. Uh, to now, hold on. is this where you guys would apply isometrics? Oh Yeah. I think so because you have to stabilize your body with a lot of these body weight type movements. I mean, if you're doing a handstand push up, it's not just the pushing the weight. And I know that's true with the barbell to an extent, but stabilizing your body is a whole it's other ball game. Becoming as rigid as possible. Do you know what I, I did uh day before yesterday? My back is so lit up sore. It's the only thing I did for my back. I did literally four sets of pull-ups for three reps. But I did a isometric hold the top and then slowly oh, yeah. resisted the yeah. way down. I hadn't done something like that in so long. Three pull-ups. That's all I could do. do you, Three pull-ups like that. Burn you up, yeah. Oh. Do you just, guys remember those? I don't know if they were brothers. They used to perform at like bodybuilding events, but they were also a Cirque du Soleil act. There was just two brothers that could lift each other. Like they'd lift each other. Is that the, aren't those ones that were on Oprah? Then they I go, think they yeah, were. Yeah. Like that's that the one where the guy was like, his head was on the other yes. guy's head and they walked upstairs. I think they, they oh did all God. kinds of crazy stuff. I just stuff. saw Joe Rogan post that. I don't know. That's yeah. the same. I think it's different than different what you're guy. talking about. The, to the pair you're talking about are two brothers. Yes. I can picture them in like all white gymnastics yes, yes, stuff. Yes, and yes. they came on Oprah before. Yes. They yeah. used to do, they did a performance at uh, one of the Arnold classics that I attended. They uh, came out in, in, in the beginning and I couldn't believe what they could do their bodies it was insane now okay even though there's going to be uh, obviously um exceptions to every rule and it, and it doesn't mean that this is the way you always would have to do this but generally speaking how would we order this in programs and how long would we stick in each phase would we stay the same amount of time four to six weeks in each phase and how would we order these in uh, in the ideal world that's generally good, speaking that's a good question yeah it has to be general because yeah there's gonna if be if i consider like if you consider me i have a favorite so and i want to consider that as well so i'm going to train more in maximal strength than i will in the others just because that's my favorite right if you're a bodybuilder you're probably going to train in the high volume superset phase than the other ones. Mm -hmm. But for the average person, it's probably a good idea to spend like a few weeks in each one, you mm -hmm. know, to kind of be just general few weeks here, a few weeks there, a few weeks here, a few weeks there, and then cycle back through. And what's cool about this is if you, and I did this with some clients, is I would have them track what they did so that when they came back around, they could see if they did made any improvements yeah. because they went through uh, the other phases. So I say three to five weeks in each one of these phases. Uh, the first one, uh, Doug, I know you're watching videos. The first one, maximal strength. Yes. Right. Then what would you go? At? We and we already know that we would for sure do explosive or reactive last. So then, how you order the other two in the middle? Do you have a preference? Yeah, I think um, you're probably going to go maximal strength. I think relative strength can actually be also be first or second mm -hmm. because that's I mean anything that's body weight. It could be right. very basic, right, or advanced. 
So you could actually plug that in anywhere, but maximal strength, strength endurance, and then you could put relative strength in there anywhere. And I think the end is explosive just because that's the most risky, I would say. Yeah, I feel like the, the the ends are solid. Mm-hmm. For sure, maximal strength, I feel like, would be, generally speaking, again, yeah. there's exceptions to the rule. I think that's almost always going to be the the first, and then the last would be explosive. And then how you order the other two, you could probably flip-flop. I agree. And I think deal. everybody's going to have a preference going through, and they're going to know what training style like fits them best. And it's nothing wrong with repeating one of them like the majority of the time, but trying your best to incorporate those other uh, styles of, of strength training is going to fill a lot of, of holes. Yeah, so what mine looked like in bodybuilding was I, for like six weeks, I would move in like the strength endurance or slash like superset mm-hmm. hypertrophy type of world. And then I would use all these other ones to interrupt that yeah. for three to four weeks. Yeah, right. And then jump back so in. Then I'd jump back in. Mm-hmm. Then I'd interrupt it again for with another one for three to four weeks. Then I so that's so obviously there is ex- going to be exceptions rule for every type of person that has very specific goals, like I would have as a bodybuilder. But generally speaking, for the average listener who just wants to be fit, wants to be strong, wants to look good, wants to be healthy, like rotating through all yeah. of these, I think is is the most the I- move. ideal and then ordering them kind of how we yeah. just Now, said. last thing I'll add is someone may wonder, well, why don't I do all of them in a workout or why don't I do all of them no. in a week? You, okay. Uh, technically, signals. Yeah. Technically you could, but the reason why it's typically not a good idea is because the mindset uh, that you go into each of these is very different. Like yeah, it's, if like, I'm, it's like learning four sports, basketball, football, tennis, hockey. Yeah. And would you go do three hockey shots and then throw a ball? It's like, yeah. no, you'd spend a whole block and yeah. session of getting good at that sport. And then you move on to the next sport. And, and yes, they all have carryover a little bit to each other. And when in the pursuit of being athletic, but they're so different, totally different. that you would want to stay hyper-focused at least for a period of time to allow yourself to progress. In totally. Them, right? 100%. Look, if you like Mind Pump, you'll love mindpumpfree.com. That's where we have all of our free content. So head over there and download some free guides that can help you with almost any health or fitness goal. You can also find all of us on social media. So Justin is on Instagram at Mind Pump Justin. Adam is on Instagram at Mind Pump Adam. And you can find me on Twitter at Mind Pump Sal. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.